Okay. Um, so what I want to do today, which is, uh, I think, probably the most experimental uh, that I'll have been pedagogically so far. So it's a gamble. You should tell me afterwards it doesn't work. I want to just read Gemara and Rashi. Um, now, for those who don't know, I have uh, shittas about Rashi. They might be wrong. Uh, always, uh, always a problem. In, I usually frame this as a pedagogic issue in high school, that um, most high school students are very bored by Rashi because the teacher presents the Gemara to them the way the teacher understands Rashi. And they look at Rashi, and Rashi just reinforces what they already know. You don't, get to, you don't ever get to appreciate what Rashi is doing because right, the Gemara is filled in in advance. And so if you want, there's, I have a, uh, I think it's on Vimeo, I have a, um, uh, a, um, a webinar called Teaching and Unteaching Rashi, in which the, the suggestion I give is that we actually prepare a text of the Gemara and Rashi integrated and teach that to students the first time. And then the uh, evaluation is, can they explain the Gemara without Rashi? All right, so you take Rashi away, and if you, if you teach with Rashi first, then, right, then when Rashi is taken away, all of a sudden you see all the gaps that Rashi is filling. And the argument is that that way you also um, open them up to see what all the other Rishonim are doing, because you can see, oh, the Rishonim are filling those gaps. The same gaps that Rashi was filling, they're just filling them differently, as opposed to seeing them as, right, as, you know, as, as somehow diverging from the Pshat of the Gemara, which, right, which your first exposure biases you. If you pe send people to Chavrusa for a long time first, so they might try and figure out Rashi on their own. But usually it's not the way you do it. Okay. Um, so that's the way I, I thought and then tried to teach, uh, to teach text in, uh, in high school, and okay, at least you know, as, as a shita, as a, to do it at least occasionally sometimes. So transferring it to an adult here uh, is a challenge. To figure out what we're, what we're um, really going to do is very hard. Um, you can talk to Joyce Falston, uh, who adopted it. And you can, it's, I think it's a way that dramatically improves your own learning if you do it consistently, but it's very hard. As evidenced by the fact that I made lots of mistakes on the first draft of the, uh, the courage sheet about the integration. Um, so what I want to do today, uh, tonight, and we'll see how far we get, is just to read that integrated text. Now we have, what I've done so far is give a shear that I think is comprehensible without actually understanding the Gemara as a text. Right? I presented the Gemara as a, as, an, as a scaffolding, and it happens that in all the issues we address related to the scaffolding as opposed to the text. And I think that's also a very powerful way of learning Gemara, to teach people to understand the scaffolding before the text. But I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable going on, never having learned the text together. So I want to learn the text uh, tonight, and if it turns out that it's really valuable, then probably uh, you know, Deborah is you know, shocked, shocked to find out that the source sheet might be too long for a single, <laughs> for a single shear, since the last one lasted five or six, I think. Um, so we can do that, and if, if failing that, We'll, go, um, we'll get as far as we can, and if it really doesn't work, then we'll go on to moving off things that can function off the scaffolding and then plug them, and maybe go back to text at some point. But I want you to say, just read the text with you. And now you, can, you have two things to do. First is just to challenge me whether I'm right about Rashi. But you'll see that um, the premise of what I'm doing is that the Dibur HaMatzkil of Rashi and the Gemara are not necessarily the right Dibur HaMatzkil for what he says. And furthermore, that what Rashi... What often you read as a straight Rashi is actually a series of short Dibur HaMatzkel commentary, Dibur HaMatzkel commentary, and so unless you, do that, unless you break that up, you don't see what Rashi is doing. I make a big methodological uh, possible error in here, so that's right, is that 
I assume, unless there is other evidence, that Rashi has all the text that is in our Gemara. Even though the Dibur HaMatzil are not comprehensive, right? but I assume that Rashi has all the text that is in our Gemara. What interesting questions to ask are sometimes, what if, right, what if there is no Rashi on a certain stretch of Gemara? So, on, in this text, I'm assuming that Rashi has that Gemara anyway. He just, didn't, he just thought it was obvious. Sometimes that's problematic, because the Gemara is really hard. Right, so, what, right, so why does Rashi not have any commentary? The other possibility is that it wasn't in Rashi's text. And that applies to single lines, to words. So as we read it, we should you know, also note right, where there's no Rashi on something. Maybe there's no text there also, and that opens up possibilities that we haven't seen. Um, and you also should have the Gemara open, so you can see all the ways in which I may have made mistakes. Right? Say the original version of the source sheet, I think I, I clearly made certain mistakes about where to locate certain Rashi's in the Gemara. Uh, I tried my best in the end to produce a really efficient edition, so there's no duplication. Um, but you'll see. Okay, other things about the edition. Um, it, what I did in this edition was, first of all, all the Tanaitic texts are bolded. I didn't distinguish between Amoraic texts and Amorayim. Usually I do that by underlining. I didn't do that here. And where I think that Rashi's commentary is intended to replace what's in the Gemara as opposed to add to it. So I crossed out, I, put, I left the text of the Gemara in, but crossed it out. And then, right, and, and, then, and then just put the Rashi in so you can read it, right, skip the cross-outs and read it across. Okay, if you, any questions you have about, right, because this is obviously a, a, you know, a learned skill to read the Gemara naturally with a text like this. Any questions you have, let's go. Um, so yeah. Let's understand, you know, where our Rashi comes from. So did Rashi's original manuscript have a Dibri Masnil and then a commentary? We don't have Rashi's original manuscript. To my knowledge, we don't have any manuscript that tracks what I'm doing. Right? Every manuscript we have has Dibur Hamatzil. They're not necessarily the same ones we have. Every, right? um, even printed editions often have differences in Rashi. I, I do my uh, SVM interviews often on antique Gemaras, and so often find out that we have different texts of Rashi just in printed editions. But I don't, Rashi did not write out the Gemara, and, right, and at least nobody post-Rashi wrote out the Gemara and then just inserted commentary. It was always Dibur HaMatzil, because it's much, much shorter. At least, right? Or, or I'm wrong. Okay, one other issue, also, other issue I should point out is that um, the standard manuscript has the whole Perik of Mishnah at the outset, and then, right, and then, the, whole, and then the whole Gemara. But our, right, our print editions have, right, have the Mishnah broken up for convenience, and then they assign the Gemara sort of to that. So it's very likely that Rashi expected you to read his commentary on the whole Perik of Mishnah before you started the Gemara. Um, but I didn't do that here. So that's another place which could be a mistake. What does it mean when you cross it? When you... So I cross it out, that means you're supposed to read the Rashi commentary as replacing the Gemara there. Like it's a definition. I, th I thought about putting that in footnotes, and I thought that, that it would be better in the end that, right, to... Uh, the, only, the footnotes are only where Rashi says, look later in the Gemara. And I, the translations I crossed out and, and replaced it. If you had a, you know, if you're doing the fancy technology, right, so what happened is you would... You would um, you would hover you would hover the mouse over those words and then right, and you get the and you get Rashi instead, and that would be more precise because you know exactly what it was replacing and things like that. I try to work on the producing an edition of the Gemara that actually does that, but um, obviously there'll have to be a major project supported by other institutions, not something that that can be done privately. Okay, so hasocher et omnin so the only commentary Rashi says there is, he tells you that, that the first line is Mephoresh Begemar. 
So we have to ask the question, what is the purpose of Rashi on the Mishnah? So let's ask, right, what do you think, what's the purpose of Rashi's commentary on the Mishnah? And it's not clear what that term means. It's, right, so why doesn't he explain it to you? Uh, so, right, so that's an interesting question, right? Why doesn't he want to explain it to you? Right, what, so let's say, first, it's true that Rashi's commentary on the Mishnah is not like the Ramos commentary on the Mishnah. It's not a standalone. It's a commentary on the Mishnah as it appears in the Gemara. Okay, but he explains some things to you in the Mishnah, right? Um, right the, next, the very next line, he's going to explain what a Kadar is. He's going to explain what a Preferin is. Um, Right, you can explain almost every other term of the Gemara, right? There's only, there are only, there are the Gemara doesn't define, define those terms, so he has to do it in the Mishnah. But something, which, some, something in the Mishnah, which itself the Gemara will discuss, he says, yeah, it's not clear, don't, don't worry if you don't completely understand this, because the Gemara is going to go into detail. So you think he won't, do, he won't explain anything that the Gemara explains? Well, he does sometimes, but I think he leaves things open that are reasonable. Meaning, if, if, you can, uh, if, you, if, you, if you can understand the Mishnah without the Gemara, then you won't say anything. Okay, that's an interesting thesis. Could be. Yes, yeah, I mean, the Gemara itself is going to go through a number of Halamidas and, and you know, maybe ultimately Mashkana, right? And he, he, A, would, you know, the margin is too small to, in, to include it, but B, if he gave you the the maskana would ruin the havamino for you. Okay, so there are a bunch of things here. I, I don't think the margin side, right? he's not writing on the side of your Gemara, right? He's writing oh, a manuscript, no. right? So, so he has no, there's no word limit. You have pages where Rashi is bigger than the Gemara. Um, but the other two things are, are entirely right. When the Gemara has multiple explanations, so if he gives you one of them, right, he's giving you pshat, which is useful if you're learning Mishnah, but problematic if you're learning Gemara. Because it makes you think of some things as right and some things as wrong in the Gemara. So that's one thing, right, is that when there are multiple explanations in the Gemara, um, right, he might say Meforish the Gemara, um, either because you didn't understand it or because you might jump to conclusions. And, right, the, and the goal is to leave you open for the Gemara. And when he explains it, right, this is the, what, what might be the coolest thing if it's true, right, so it might be that, he has, that the Gemara is built sometimes on suspense. So he might explain it specifically according to the Havamina. Because if the Gemara begins with a Kushya, and that Kushya, right, the Gemara's analysis begins with a Kushya, and that Kushya assumes that you have the Havamina in your mind, because the Kushya and the Havamina, if you already understand the Gemara the way the, right, the, the, the Maskana does, then the Gemara won't make any sense. What's the Kushya on? So Rashi might sometimes explain the Mishnah Dafka according to the Havamina, because that's what's necessary to get you to read the Gemara. Right? So the underlying thesis is that the purpose of Rashi is to have you read the Gemara, and his commentary on the Mishnah is, right, is only intended to properly prepare you to understand what the Gemara does. So one of the things the Gemara has to do here is teach you that Hitu Zezeh doesn't mean Hitu. But it might, because that's the Maskana. At the end of the day, he says, right, you shouldn't be thinking about Hitu means yet. Because that will just mess you up for the Gemara. Um, okay, right, it's an anti-clarification. Right? That's my thesis, right? It's not, just, it's not just, I don't have to clarify, it's an anti-clarification. Um, okay, so now we have these cases, right? He defines what, if you, if you, if you um, hire a chamar or a kadar, bring preferred, those are all nouns, he translates them. The chalilim, and he explains to you what, why chalilim are useful, because kalas don't usually blow flutes. Uh, right, so right, those are all practical things. He tells you what, upalim uh, mishra, so there he gives you both an old French translation and a, and a Hebrew translation. 
וכל דבר שווה, וחזרו בהן, מקום שאין שם אדם, צריכים עליהן אומטען. אוקיי? So if the workers you hired for these purposes, um, and these purposes, let's assume that דבר הווייד is the is a defining category here, it's like a zehaklal, so you hire workers for things, right, for things that will be lost, and we could say that it gives you two categories of Devar Haved, right, things, things where the chetza deteriorates, or things where, right, where the situation, where the chetza is no longer needed, right, so the two examples he gives are, nothing happens, the first two, right, nothing happens to the chetza, the flutes are still fine, it's just that the need for the flute is gone. Right, and then he moves to cases, right, to cases where Actually, the thing itself will deteriorate. Uh, so, the, so the Mishnah is Makom she'en sham adam so So Rashi adds on Makom she'en da adam she'en motzei po'alim liskor. You don't find po'alim to uh, write to hire. Vapishtan avad Probably should have come after avad. So the flax actually is physically destroyed and he's relying on these workers to take the flax out of the place where they're soaking. So then you hire other workers to replace these workers at a higher price, and the original workers who were chozer are required to pay the additional cost of the people you hired. Okay, that's straightforward, but there are two things that are interesting in Rashi. Right, one, thing, one thing that's interesting in Rashi is he puts in the word poalim. Um, right, but that's there in the Mishnah, right? The poalim ma'alot pishtam in but then, where the right, he puts in Paul where the Mishnah had Adam, and then where the Mishnah was just blank, so apparently then he puts in Bnei Adam. Now, why does he do that? Okay, so what's the potential for abuse here? If I read this Mishnah, right, it's obviously a dangerous Mishnah because it says you can be so herily, right? So, you, right, so what prevents me from saying, oh, my workers quit, I am going to hire um, all of you at $5 million an hour to take, my, to take my flax out of the... So you negotiated hard. So it's interesting, right? So it's interesting. David, is that a question? Or is... No, okay. Right, it's an interesting, right? So he, t- he puts Paulim in the first half to say, it's not that you can't find people, that's circular. Right? You have, there has to be people there. So it's you can't find workers who will work at the prevailing wage. So if you can't find workers who will work at the prevailing wage, then what you can do is you can take people who don't ordinarily do this work and pay them above the shar. But you can't, if there are workers, right, the, the, if there are regular workers around and you claim, but I have to pay them triple, no. Why should you have to pay them, right? So that's the, the constraint is that as long as there are regular workers around, that's my thesis, right? As long as there are regular workers around whom you could hire at the prevailing shar, so then you can't build these workers because you chose to pay, right, your, your nephew 50 times the shar. But if there are no ordinary workers around, you have to recruit people who ordinarily, right, ordinarily do white-collar work, to, right, to, uh, right, to do blue-collar work, so then we can... We can figure out what right, a, a different mode of compensation, and this it has to be control anyway. But the first stage is that you can't hire people who don't do this work ordinarily, um, instead of people who do do the work ordinarily. And if you do the work, if you do hire people who do the work ordinarily, you can't pay them above the shar. Right, that's what I think Rashi is doing here. Okay. 
Um, but the next line is really, right, Omatan, right? So what does it mean to uh, to trick them? So Rashi says, Begemara, so that we're back in, right, just like Hituzezeh is a, right, is a mystery, so Matan is a mystery. We have to wait for the Gemara to, right, to figure out what it means. Um, okay, presumably the Gemara will have an extended discussion of uh, what Matan means. That's true. Although the, but the, 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 the discussion of the Gemara may not be parallel. Because right, what would it mean to be choser? At least according to the position that he says means choser, right? What does it mean? Oh, right, they've already been choser. Right, so it's not, it's not clear it's parallel. Um, but we'll have to see. Right, we haven't seen that part of the Gemara. So it's not, not, not no get to us yet. Okay. Hasocher et omanin lasot milacha bekablanut bekach bekach. Okay, so this is already, right, so here already we can see that Rashi is doing something uh, that's, right, that changes the whole import of the line. Right, he's introduced a distinction between Paulim and, uh, and Kablanim. And he's, right, he's telling you that the first line, uh, right, even if, I think, right, even if it's talking about Chazara, is still not the same case as Hasochra to Umnim because the first case is talking about polim, and this case is talking about kablanim. And we don't know, right, if, right, what's Rashi's motive, right? Why can't he just say, Why does he have to put in the word bekablanut? Okay, so we're not, we're not going to answer that question uh, tonight. We've already seen hints, right? We already saw that, in the, that he could be, uh, that this could have implications for what the case is because it affects Ona. Uh, and I guess I'll set up that there's actually that this is actually going to be the basis I think of a fundamental machlokin and shot in the Gemara, whether you think the Gemara presumes that this that this line of the Mishnah is talking about kablanim, right? It's talking about both polim and kablanim. We saw other commentaries later who already 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 addressed this, and one way in which we have enough kimina whether the last whether the last uh, of the hitzuzezeo kimtas, which don't mean chazru, right, is a case where they their work is worth three or a case where they work four. I'm just showing you, you could read this line of Rashi innocently. I mean, you, don't, you, don't know what, you don't know what it's doing until you get to the Gemara, but, when we, get, but we should have this in mind when we get to the Gemara that Rashi thinks that this line has to be interpreted as being about Kablanim and not Kohelim. Okay. The Chazru Behen La'achar Asu Miksat And they're Chozer after they have done some of the work. Then Yadan Al-Tachtona. So why does Rashi have to say La'achar Asu Miksat? Because otherwise you would think that Adam al applies even if they haven't started yet. Okay, right? So the question is, why is there Adam al-Tachtona? So Adam al could be because they were chozer on the commitment, or it could be because they were chozer on the commitment in the specific case of having left the work partially done. Right, this is one of the cases that we have already seen in the Brisa, the Gemara quotes according, right, in, the final stages, in the final stages of the Gemara. Um, but Rashi seems to be avoiding an implication. And again, why does he have to do that? Why doesn't he just, right? If the purpose of Rashi on the Mishnah is, right, so if the purpose of Rashi on the Mishnah is to make sure you don't understand that anything that's unclear is clarified and he has his halachic positions he needs to put in, great. But if you think that Rashi on the Mishnah is designed to set something up in the Gemara, so then, right, there has to be, right, it has to be that somewhere else, that there's some underlying principle that Rashi believes is, um, would be voided if you said this was a case um, that, w- that was any time they made a commitment and not la charsha su mixat. What principle could he have? Could really be an issue here? 
so we don't know yet. But let's imagine that Rashi thinks that somewhere in the Gemara, there is a very strong commitment to believing that workers cannot be bound to specific performance. You can't make people do things. So then this Mishnah would be a problem because this Mishnah would seem to imply that once you entered into agreement, you can't break it, even if no damage is caused to the other party thereby. Okay, so it could be that Rashi is, right, either because of his own convictions or because he knows that somewhere else in the Gemara this will be articulated, that, right, that you have to disambiguate this because if you go into the Gemara with the belief that you can hold workers to a binding contract and, they, right, and that they, they pay the damages for breaking their contract, then something, right, something goes off. Okay, now when we learn the Sugya, so I confess... You, right, you phrased it, though, as even in a case where there are no damages, and I don't think this is that case, right? This is a case where there are damages, right? Well, Rashi get, turns it into a case where there are damages. Well, but even from the Mishnah saying, right, that if there's no damages, then there's Excellent. Then that doesn't matter. Excellent question. So let's read the next Rashi. And let's see, right, let's see how he responds, right? Well, listen, Arya's question is, right, what's the difference, right? If, if, right, if, there, um, if there's Yadamal Tachtona, there must be some, right, some cost shift between the employer and the employee. And they're liable for it, so obviously there's some way in which the employer is damaged. Right, so why does it matter if they did part of the work or didn't do part of the work? Right? Either way, it has to be damages, so Rashi can't be right. Or at least my interpretation of Rashi can't be right. So Rashi says, what does that mean? If, the, right, if there has been wage inflation. And so now it will cost, right now it will cost the employer more than it would have if they had begun the, if they had begun the work. So he can no longer, he can no longer find workers at the same to finish the job at the same wage that they right that they initiated. Um, right, so, so what he's allowed to do is he's allowed to withhold. What, right, as to right, they start off with we negotiated what the what the total price would be, and then he's allowed to withhold from their wages whatever right whatever it will cost him to finish it at the same price. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Last year, uh, we quoted a brayta, and the brayta had a machlokus between the Tanakama and Rabbi Dosa ben Harkinas about how we how we pay wages in exactly this case. Right, where the right where the where the Tanakama said, Shaman lahem Masha Asu, right? We pay them for what they did according to the old rate. And Rabbi Dosa ben Arkina said, Shaman lahem Masha Atid la Asot, right? How much more it will cost. So what Rashi is doing is aligning the Mishnah with one position in a Machloka in a Brayta and the Gemara. Okay, I figure out why did he do that? Right? Why, right, why would he, why, why would he not just say Mefurish Gemara? And figure out a way to make right. So that right. So those are those are choices he's making here for the various. He tells you that the case that the Adam al-Tachtona we're talking about here is the same as the Adam al-Tachtona in the bright that we're going to discuss later, and the Adam al-Tachtona means inflation or or deflation. Okay. So the problem we're going to have implicitly is, but hang on a second, Adam al-Tachtona. Um, okay. So right, so let's let's figure out is it really is it really a way in which you in which you lose both ways, or is it just that there's a way in which you lose? So he says, right, so if if the workers got more expensive and you can't find somebody who will finish it at the original wage, 
So you can right, you can withhold wages so that you can finish the job at the original price. But if workers got cheaper, so means that they cannot get more than their original agree- the original agreement for the work that they have done, but they can get less. Okay, now we can figure right. This is not a, right. That's the. It's not clear what the halacha will be if they don't start the work at all. Can you still right? Can you right? Can you uh, right? If they didn't start the work at all and the prices went up, so that would have to mean really that they paid you, right? If if you really had the completion. So it's not clear what we do in a case where it costs. It's not saying that you pay them less. It's you're still paying them according to the original rate, but you don't let them take more than, like let's say they did half the work, right? right. So like they were supposed to get four, right, and they did half the work, but now I can finish it for one more. They can't. They don't get three. Right. So there's a limit. Yadal Tachtona means that we we have two cases, right? So that, right, and in one case the wages go up, and in one case the wages go down. So if the, right, either way, if they end up with the lesser of whatever we think of as the two possibilities, but there is a limit, right? They they can't end up, right? They they um. They can't end up with more, but Yadam HaTona is if wages went down, they could theoretically end up with more than the original agreement. If you say, look, he committed to four, right? So we could say, right? Why should you get the advantage of the wages, go- with the wages going down? Why shouldn't we get the advantage by stopping the work and you hire cheaper people? So the answer is no, right? Yadam HaTona means that they cannot do better than their agreement. But on the other hand, the limit the other way is, perhaps, is you can imagine that if prices go up, they could get they could right. They could end up with a debt, as opposed to right. What happens if, if prices tripled? They did half. Right. So now it's going to cost him more to finish. Than right. More more to finish than um, right. Then uh, they right. Then they've been they've been paid. So he should say instead of my giving you, why don't you give me the cost of finishing it? Because that's your the double right? But the language of Rashi. Says no. says no. Right, okay, so right, that's what Rashi is trying to do here, right, is to construct a case in which you can't say Adam al-Tachtona, meaning that they never get the advantage of the other person, and at the same token, there are limits to what their liability is. Um, okay, now, to evaluate what Rashi is doing, we're going to then have to, we're gonna have to get to the Gemara there and see if what he's doing is, A, something that's not in the Gemara, which would be long lines of Rashi's, he's just explaining we didn't understand, Something that's obvious in the Gemara, in which case you have to figure out why does he have to teach it to us now? Maybe I'm wrong about the whole theory. Or something that's not obvious in the Gemara, and that, you, right, and that he's imposing on the Gemara, or something that you, or ways in which you would misunderstand the Gemara unless you understood the Mishnah that way. Right, those, are, those are, I think, your basic options. Um, okay, the Imhuzlapolim, right, so then you, 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 right, you pay them what they did. Asu, um, asu Chetzia, if they did half of it, Right, so Rashi says explicitly, don't, um, right, don't, they, they can never get the advantage, right? Even if wages go down, you might have thought, well, you know, what we really have here is an agreement. This amount of work is worth, is worth let's say, $100. And now we can leave whatever we want. And all that matters, in the end of the day, the workers should end up with $100, and you should end up with a field that's done. Well, those workers are ready to suffer the Kavil. They only get 43, so we should get 57. Right? So Rashi says, no. Right? That's the, that's the limit. Okay. Then Rashi says, in Balabayid Chozer, but Yodo Alatachtona. So what does that mean? Yitain Lem, 
Um, so if um, right, so the if the owner is the one who withdraws, so then he has to pay them minimally, right? What he right what he originally agreed to pay them, and if the market goes down, al karcho yitain lehem kemasha pasak chutzim mashet zarichlot at bishlomata So if the balabayis is closer, then in fact they can get more than what they agreed to. Right? If, they, right, if the owner withdraws on the contract, they can say, you now owe us more than you, right, than, than you, than you would have if we had actually finished the work. That's not how I read that. Yep, so read, read it to me. Tell me how you don't read it. Right, he has to pay the full price of the contract minus whatever he's paying. To That's the right, owner. even though they only did half. Well, it's not more than he promised. I mean, it's... it's well, for the half, it's more than okay, the, yeah. right. It's, it, right. Yeah. So they, right, and they can go now hire themselves off to somebody else, perhaps. Although maybe they can only get those wages, right? Um, right. So that's right. So that's a really fascinating claim. Right. The Adol can mean, right, means that we view we view it as a, right the way I try to set up as a contract, right. Where really it transfers the value of the labor to them. Because otherwise, the any time labor became cheaper, everybody could back out of their contract. And you know, you you'd essentially have a built-in guarantee that you you'd always be paying the lowest. Right. Right. You could well, lock in labor, but then be guaranteed you could get at a lower rate if it was available. Right. Okay. So right. So this is a very right, this is a really interesting choice, right? We could say no. Actually, that's what we want because that's the best for the consumer in the long run, right? Is if we can keep labor prices minimally, and why should anyone pay more for labor, right? Then right then they could. And the answer is no, right? Contracts are binding on employers in terms of total wages, even though they're not binding on employees in the same way. Although there's a limit in each case, right? It's, right, right? So that's a really, it's a really fascinating theory. And we'll have to see, right? Is that really dependent on the Machlogus, you know, Ben Harkinos and the Tanakama right in, in the Breita? And does that reflect an underlying issue about what our attitude is towards the labor market? Okay, so right, this is what I've been arguing all the way through, right? That there might be underlying positions, which right, which, which right, through, through all the way, we say here, if we had started from Rashi on the Mishnah, I could have set it up just like that. Right, the, right, the, here we have fundamental disputes, which might be rooted, as Arya says, in pragmatic policy issues. Um, right, right, really, whether our goal, right, really, you know, you have stakeholders, interest rate right, groups, right? Is your, and you have right now, we tend to think like very simply, right? There is. The employer, the employee, and the consumer. So the question is, to what extent does halacha take into account the interests of the consumers of the products that are produced by the labor? As in, right, if you're if right in modern economics, you often right end up saying that the goal is right. The consumers are the larger group. The consumers are society as a whole. Right, the the employee and the employers are special interest groups. So why should we benefit the employers or the employees as against right, as special interest groups against the good of, of consumers who are society as a whole? Right, so this might be the right. This might be the counter argument. Uh, it might be we understand it much more narrowly, but right. But that would be the that would be the, the broad way of claiming it. And then it turns out to be a machloket. Uh oh. So where does halacha go? Uh, okay, you you did you had a question? Well, his first one is. Right. And that would imply if they did half the job, they get half the wage. 
But right. he's saying in the end, well, if I had pay somebody else to finish the job and I only have to pay them a quarter of the wage, then you get three quarters of the wage. Right. It seems kind of so because it depends who's chuzer, right? If the workers are chuzer, then you never have to pay them more than you yeah, agree. Yeah, but this is all within the comment in Baalbaya's chuzer. So, right, that's in the, that's in the case where right that's in the case where wages are stable or went up. Okay. Right, beim huzlu, but if wages go down, right, that's how I understand Rashi. Okay, good. Kol anybody, anybody, anybody who um, right who who changes, and here Rashi for right here Rashi goes out his way to tell you what change means. Right, kigon. Right, so Kigon is in, an independent insertion, right? If it were in the Mishnah, it would say by Medvar Mamurim. Right, Rashi feels compelled to introduce his own sample case. Why does he do that? Maybe because you couldn't think of a case, or it could be because he's trying to distinguish it from a uh, right from an, from another case. What would he try to distinguish it? The seventh parak begins with this, right with talking about work conditions. Right, Akol Kiminhagen Medina. So Rashi tells you, I think here, Kol Meshaneh Kigon Nasan Semer Litzeva Litzavo Edom Litzavo Shachor. You hand, right? You handed somebody. We're still a kablan, right? You handed him. You handed him your your right your goods to um, your goods to uh, dye right to dye your wool red, and he dyed it black. So the value of your wool is still improved because now it's dyed wool, not undyed wool, presumably, but it's not what you wanted. All right. So that's Meshaneh, right? When you right when you Right, your mission, right, when you the when the employ when the um, employee or the employer, we'll have to figure out how the employer does it in a case like this. Um, but when the employee does work that uh, is not the work that was contracted, but nonetheless imp- uh, presumably improves the uh, right does have value. So you do all the So what does Rashi say that means? So if the um, if the if the the expense that the worker put in the die right the worker did his own put in his own die uh, right so if that expense if that expense is less than the value uh, the improve the improve the increased value of the wool so then what you give him is right you give him is his expenses back right, you don't give him what you agreed right which presumably is a is a some percentage of the gain in value, right? Whatever your percentage is, right? I love quoting that. Um, right, you know, right? That there's a right. That the extreme Marxist position, right, is that all all improved value really is the product of labor, and capital has no share in it at all. Um, right, another position which is that labor only gets whatever it can negotiate for. Rechaim Hershenson has this amazing essay in which he says, "No, labor gets exactly one third. That's what the halachic position is." Uh, it's just a stunning thing that somebody could, yeah, somebody could. I, I just don't know. I, like, I don't even have to deal with it. Uh, like it's, you know, he's cool and he gets the issue so deeply and he understands it, but that he thinks that the the right way to solve it is by coming up with an exact percentage is an astounding thing to me. Um, it's a wild essay. Everything Rechaim Hirschstein writes is wild. Um, but was right. But presumably, right, the workers would have ended up right. They have to make a profit on their on their investment. And the capitalist has to make because they're putting in they're putting in the dye, and the right and the and the materials and all those sorts of things and the and the capitalist right has the, right has their goods which they're putting in and they're, they're at the time of their goods so normally we would normally we would in some way divide the difference between the expenses of the employee and the right and the anticipated profit for the employer and here we say whatever profit there is right whatever the profit is above expenses goes to the employer assuming that the profit is above the expenses.
But if the if it costs more than the profit, then no sin shavach. So then you what you basically say to the employee is, look, you dyed it you dyed it black, here's your black wool. I don't need it anymore. Right? Actually, you don't even give him the wool, right? You give him is just the here's the here's what you gave me. Right? It's really there, there are two possible right, there are three there are three levels of payment. There's what we agreed, right? There's what the profit is, and there's what the expenses were. So if the expense if the profit's higher than the expenses, then you get the expenses, and if the expenses are higher than the profit, then you get the profit. That's what you do all the tachtonim. What's interesting is that Rashi doesn't give us a case where the employer is Mashana. Right, we could try and figure it out. Right, what what would be a case where the employer is Mashana in a parallel way, right, such that it should be a dual tachtona, that right that right, but it's not clear there's an obviously parallel case. So it's a really interesting choice of Rashi. Uh, to explain right to explain it this way, and again right you know he goes to he goes to great length to do it. Um, last line of the mission is tachtona. Um, so Rashi points out, hang on a sec, we just had two cases of a socher to umnen that um, um, right where it's, where if their is yodama tachtona if he's chozer is yodama tachtona. So what does kol chozerbo add here? So Rashi says mefarish the gemara mefarish It's going to have to include some case other than the the other than the socher of the balabayit. Being chozer, and that's what it is. Uh, okay, I promised Deborah that I would put in a, a um, correction that she that she made to me uh, at uh, at home, which is like we we defined kablan simply. I, I defined kablan simply for right earlier as that a um, a pole is paid by the is paid for time and a kablan is paid for work. That's probably oversimplified, uh, right? Because the right. A kablan that we're talking about here right now, as you see the case, a kablan is not just somebody who's paid for piecework; it's somebody who is given materials, and right, right. He, so he's working with someone else's materials, but his own, right? But his, but his own, his own um, tools, etc. Right. So it's not because there's a bridge case, right? Which is right. What happens if I say I'm going to pay you ten cents a widget, but you're fired if you don't produce hundred widgets an hour? Right, so is that is that person a time a, right, a time worker or a peace worker? They're paid as a peace worker, right, but they're right, they're given the control of their time. What happens if I say I'll pay you ten I'll pay you ten cents a, ten cents a widget for every widget you produce between nine and five? And unless you show up between nine and five, right? So it's very easy to um, right. Deborah Paul correctly pointed out to some extent this is the Uber fight right, about right, gig workers because we we also have category right we. Instead of uh, Poel and Kablan, the category is used in American law or employee and, um, and independent contractor. And so there's always the goal, right? The goal, since, since employees have more rights than independent contractors, uh, right, um, in many ways, and, and right, the laws about benefits um, and breaks and all sorts of things like that. So, um, so there's always an incentive to, right, for, comp- for employers to define as many employees as possible it, right, as, a, as independent contractors. Right, so, right, so we have to be very careful about how we use definitions that the, the definitions we use in the original text have to be modified for the specific economic, economic environment. Uh, you have to be aware of fictional things. Uh, for example, in the famous Yeshiva University Supreme Court case, when, uh, right, when uh, the faculty tried to unionize and, uh, and the Supreme Court ruled on the basis of an argument by one of my teachers who was uh, famed as a person who was very much into organizational charts, 
And so on the organizational charts, faculty get to decide who gets tenure. They get to decide their own hours. There are all these committees that you serve on, and so therefore they became management as opposed to regular employees, and management can't unionize. Um, but could be that none of those committees ever meet. Could be they're all advisory committees, and it's advised, and you know, as opposed to advising consent, it's advised and ignored. All right, so let's be very careful about how, right, about using abstract, abstract definitions of these cases. If we to translate this into halacha, just on you know, abstract definitions of of kablan and poel, it's probably not a good idea. And even in the Gemara, we have to write. It's not clear exactly what the boundary, the boundary is. The standard poel is, I would say, like the the, the platonic ideal of a poel is somebody who brings nothing but themselves and is paid by the hour. And the stand, right, and whose work is interchangeable with others, right? It's commodity. It's commodity work. We already complicated that because we see that, that there are different layers of work you can do even as a person in the field, right? Because there's some, right, some work gets paid three, some work gets paid four, um, and the stand, and the standard kablan is somebody who works using their own tools in their own space, given right, given and the and the um, employer provides only the raw materials for improvement. But there are many, many cases in between, right? Um, in between that, that, ha- right, that would have to be addressed before we brought that halacha. So uh, Deborah, I think, correctly insisted that, <laughs> that at this point, now that we have the material to, right, to begin to address why, why Pauline and Kabbalim are important categories, we should um, complicate them from what we've done previously. Okay, so much for Rashi on the mission. Okay, so let's turn the page and start the, and start the Gemara. Okay, so if you do that, then I have a high heat u, right? So now Rashi says, right? So what? Why don't we just say heat u means chazru? Because if it said chazru bazru, Rashi says, then I have a high heat u, heimet balabayat o balabayat otan. Right? It didn't say chazru, so right, which would enable us to translate this heat u as if it's them at the, the owner and the, the employer and the employer them. Dim Kane. So it's a little bit circular. Right. Rashi says, it says hit'u and not chazru, and that prevents us from saying that hit'u means that the ahadadi, means that the employer and the employee fooled each other, because if that's the case, why not say chazru? So you get the argument's a little bit circular. Is our question, right? Is, right maybe it's not such a question, because hit'u always means chazru. And then you can't ask, well, it should have said Khazru, right? That's not a that's not a great argument at all, right? It can't be Khazru because it should have said Khazru. If it do can mean Khazru, it can. Now, Rashi might not be so bothered about it being a right, well, because if Rashi came with too good an argument, what's the problem? The Maskana. The right? The last Ibaizema, right, says that this does work. Right? So at, so maybe Rashi's not so bothered um, by the um, by the, by this logic, or maybe he's also so is Rashi aware, and what does it do to him if he's aware that it is actually possible to interpret the Mishnah as saying hit'u and still being the balabayas and the employee? Um, right? Because, right, if Rashi, the easiest, right, the easiest way is to say that there's no way to do it. But if, right, but if Rashi knows there is a way to do it, that maybe it forces him to come with a weaker argument. Okay. El um, the atu polim hadari echad which Rashi says means echad mina polim hit alat chaviro. One of the polim, uh, one of the polim tricked another. Okay. At this point in the Gemara, do we know anything about a um, about an agent? No. 
Do we know anything about a hierarchy of employees? No. All we said is that the Ahadadi, right, and Zedzet means two employees to each other. Now there's another line which says, Hechidami. The Amr le Balabayit, Zil Ogerli Poalim, the Azal The case is that the Balabayit says to previously unknown figure, go hire me workers, right? The unknown figure is not really described in any way, right? There's no term for this unknown figure. We introduce agent. And he went and he tricked the others. So that's great. What does Rashi say about this line? Okay, funny story. How Dr. Salvechik, right? What's asked in, in, uh, in Shir? Um, what, does, right, what changes does the Duque Sofrim have on this sugit? And no one answers, so he threw us all out. Because you had to be prepared well enough to know that there were no changes. Right? No one had the confidence, right? No one had seen any changes. But, no, right? but we didn't have the confidence to tell him that. So, right? so, he, threw, so, uh, so he threw us out. So the answer is Rashi makes, says nothing whatsoever about this line. You didn't prepare it, so it's not your fault. Uh, right? But there's no Rashi on this line at all. And now, remember, I pointed out, what does it mean if Rashi says nothing about it? Either it's obvious or... Or he doesn't have it. So I don't hear why you might think that this line doesn't exist in the Gemara. So that, what, is the word, what does the phrase Hechidami mean? So Hechidami asks for no kimta, right? If it was in the Mishnah, we would say Mamurim. If it was in the Gemara, we would say Hachavamayaskina. But we'll see the next Hechidami. The Hechidami ordinarily in the Gemara is not used as a simple question and answer thing. It's usually used as, right, as, usually it's, it's, right, it's followed by, if this, then, well, that wouldn't work, so it must be this. I, I think very rarely, I didn't check it out well enough, right, it's very rare we just say, well, what's the case? Here's the case, and go on. Um, so, it could be that, um, it could be that this is, that this is an insertion. Uh, I have not found a manuscript which uh, explicitly, which explicitly says this. But it's a really cool idea if it's true, right? It's one of those things that uh, Hilton said. It's a, it's a, it's a half amina that perhaps that you know that we have to see how long his half life is. It'd be a really cool thing if it turns out that the whole introduction of the middleman is a result of a line that may not be there. Now you're going to ask me, hang on a sec. If there isn't the if there isn't the middleman, how can workers trick each other? So the answer is, workers can recruit people to join them even without the employer telling them to. Or without the employer telling them a salary, the employer can just say, you know, the employer can just say, okay, I hired you guys, why don't you, know, right, why don't you, you know, and other people can say, why don't you, we're working here, why don't you come with us? And they tell me that sounds like a really weird idea, doesn't that really turn into agents? So we're going to have to look at the Yushami and see if that's really the case or not. All, right, all I want to point out now is that there's an opportunity opened by the absence of Rashi on this line. Uh, so far as I know, right, all the all the print editions and manuscripts we have um, have this right have this line except now except Hechidami is missing in most of the manuscripts. It just has the line Dumerle without the Hechidami. So it could be that the solution to the anomalous Hechidami is that somebody added in Hechidami, uh, right, and not that the whole line should be not that the whole the whole should be missing. Um, it could be that that happened because we have the neck because it just borrowed from the previous line, you know, they took the Hechidami to the next line, they put it up one line too early. Right? That, happen, that happens a lot. 
Uh, we have one manuscript which starts with the with the set with the, the word dummy, which is the second one, but that's the, right. That's the only one page. We don't, have, we don't know whether 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 it was ordinary or not. Okay, I just want to point out as a way in which you could open all sorts of things, and right, and certainly like we have very very few manuscripts of the Talmud, right? You probably all know we have one manuscript of the entire Talmud, and otherwise than that, we just have individual masechta, um, and that's partially a function of the burning of the Talmud in in Paris, right, which just destroyed. Basically, all the manu- all, right, all the manuscripts in Europe. Um, so we have very few witnesses. So there are lots of Gersod attested in Rishonim that we don't have. Actually, we don't have in manuscripts. Even above Metzia, which is like, which has five or six manuscripts. Um, so okay. So right. So Rashi. So well, yes. It's clear from I mean, where the mark goes that there's a middleman, right? So is the question though whether the middleman is just an agent whose job is to hire people, or if he's one of the, if he is a worker who then takes it upon himself to yes. hire more workers. That's the starters, right? Then we have to look right. You know, that's there, right? We the Gemara constructs everything where there's a balabai who sets a wage somehow with that person, right? The question I think is how how direct does the agency have to be? Because that will change our our sense of responsibility for what the later person does. I think. Uh, right, so, so uh, maybe this is a, a mare's nest, but I think when we look at the Yerushalmi again, we'll see that, that possibilities open up that you wouldn't have noticed otherwise. Uh, that's not a good answer. I should, have, I should have it more clear, more clearly, so I apologize. Thank you. Um, okay. So, you know, so, Hechidami, the, right, the, um, right, so that Hechidami is, it's, I gave you the manuscript notes, right, that there are, there are three manuscripts. Just the, the standard scholarly thing is parentheses means it's missing and brackets means it's added in. So, footnote four says, in in the manuscripts Minchen, Escariel, and Frankfurt, the words Hechidami are missing. Um, okay, so, hechid, so now we have the first the first came to which is the middleman. So Hechidami, Id Balabayes Zuze Liyoma. Okay, so now you should all know right why Rashi adds in the word Liyoma. Why does Rashi add in the word Liyoma here? Because he wants them to be powerless. Because he wants it to be poalim and not kablonim. Right, so now once Rashi introduces Kablonim into the right explicitly into the next part of the Mishnah, so now we can pick up that he's being that Rashi is interpreting the Mishnah as talking about Polim in the first half, in the first in the first section, and Kablonim in the second section, and we have to be like, why does he do that? Right, why does he divide the Mishnah in that way? There's no hint in the Mishnah. The Mishnah uses the term Polim and Umanim apparently interchangeably. And Rashi goes out of his way to say these are workers who are paid by the day. All right, so if he tells them four zuzim for the day, and they and right, and that guy goes and says three, taromet mayavidite silver vikavil my termatan, right? So if they're silver vikavil, why does it right? Why should they still have a taromet? Um, okay, so uh, okay, so secondly, just to the way I'm structuring it, which may not get here tonight, is that uh, what I'm trying to do is to, to show you that you can read. There are lots of things that you can skip, and they don't change the outcome of the Gemara. And so if you right, so you can if you read down the only, only lines that start on the right-hand margin, nothing will change. Right, the intru- the, the, right, what's, what's, in, what's in the middle is introduction and rejection of Havaminas. But, introduction, right, but introduction and rejection of Havaminas right, change nothing about outcomes. So you always have to ask those questions, like how serious are the Havaminas? How, right, how serious is the rejection of the Havaminas right, when you understand that they don't actually move the Gemara? Right, so he says, right, so what's Hechidami? If the owner says for a day... And he says three, then Torah meant Mayavite. 
E, now we get to the real answer to Echidami, is the Amr Balabayas Bitlasa, Bazal Ihov Amr Lu Arba, Bila Erev Lunasan Habalabayas El Shlosha. And then at night, right, so this so this is so now we know the Akimta is when they've actually finished the work. And at night they right there and they're suddenly surprised. At the end of the day, so they didn't learn it, they didn't learn during the day, because if they learned during the day somewhere so that the employer promised right promised less, um, then maybe we're gonna say suffer recovery again, right? At the moment they find out, right? So that's a really interesting question. Right? If you're tricked into a contract, do you have to leave the moment that do you have to leave the moment that the that um, that the other side breaches the contract? Do you have to formally issue a protest and say by the way, if we work now, right, we're, we, we expect to get shower salaries because we revoke our previous, right, our, pre, our previous agreement? Or do we say no? Right, right, you enter, right, once, the contra- once the country has entered into with a trick, then you can just keep working and make your claim at the end. Right, so this is an issue in many, uh, right, in many contemporary employment issues. Right? Do you have to claim at the moment that somebody asks you to work that it will be overtime and therefore you deserve time and a half? Or can you just add up your hours at the end and say, look, I worked, 40, I worked 41 hours this week, so the, the 41st hour has to be time and a half. Right, so that, that, that's this, the same sort of issue. Rashi gets out of it here by saying that in, right, in, this, ca- in this case, right, so far as we know, they didn't know anything about it. They're just surprised. I think that's the easiest way to read Rashi. It's not obvious. You could just say that's when he, the work, he gives it to them. But I think the reason to add it in is to tell you that. So if that's the case, why should they right? Why should they only get a teromit? Why shouldn't they get more? Um, okay, then we have a long stretch of the Gemara. Um, uh, <laughs> dramatic, dramatic share ending there. I was just about to, to come in on my white horse and save the whole Gemara. <laughs> um, so right, so right, so right, so we go. So he tells you that the uh, right that in that case, right, the half of it is they should get more. And then we go over, if he says the work is for me, um, then he should give it his own. Um, and he quotes the Brayta, and it's interesting here again, um, Rashi thinks that the Raya from the Brayta apparently is obvious, because he, uh, he doesn't say anything about it. Um, but he thinks you can move directly from the case where, uh, where, where you um, hire a worker and then move them from your field to somebody else's field, that you still have to pay them fully, that it makes sense that you should have to pay them right, whatever, whatever advantage you get. Maybe that's, maybe that's obvious. Um, so the answer is no, it must be talking about a case where he said, right, so there again, right, the way you can read the Gemara straight is, hey, hey, the Amar Luhus Charchem al everything in the middle is just, is just, it's just a Hazamin and it's rejection. Right, so that's just generally, right, so what, you know, to think about Gemara structurally, figure out, right, to what extent those interjections where we, where we reject Hazamin have mattered. And that's the pattern that goes all the way through the, um, through the Gemara. Uh, that they're all that right through this part of the Gemara. Um, so, other thing which you probably all get, but I'll just say explicitly. I think right. This is not this is not entirely obvious, but I, I think it's true. Gemara is still largely a memorized text. We could talk about at what point it transitions. I take the position um, that it probably transitions late. That's what my teachers thought, and really the transition ultimately is Rashi. Uh, and that means that there's a there, that everything is set up to be memorized, and that means that you're going to have right, that in any unit you know, discussion you're going to try to repeat the same forms, because that way you can just remember on that topic we need to go through this form. So this this so you can see that right every every stage of the Gemara right you have these you have these nested havamina reject havamina, 
and that's because right that's because that's it makes it much easier to memorize if you have single if you have single repeating structures um, and that might mean that some you can take some of the Havamina as less serious than others because sometimes it might be you just need to, you need to fill it in because you keep the form right so you come up with the best Havamina and the best rejection of it you can but maybe it's not so great a Havamina um, okay so that's right that gets us to the uh, I'll make one one other uh, one other uh, in point. So if you look at the line, it says the ika the meka darba the ika the midgar bitslasa. Right. So there's some who are hired by four, some are hired by three. It's about two thirds of the way down. The amr le ilav the martlan darba. If you hadn't told us that four have a terchinan levakesh adam the zakuk polymer. Actually, that's not the one I wanted. Sorry. Let's go down. Um, let's go. Sorry. Let's go to the next. Ibai saying mahakav balabayis. So I think the the uh, the question here, I'll leave you. We'll start. We'll start next week, perhaps with that. Is when I went through the sugya, I argued that the um, the fact of employment is itself degrading, and you say I want I want more because that compensates me for the inherent degradation of working for others. Rashi, I think, and we'll start, we can start it, right, says differently. Rashi says that it's degrading for homeowners to work for the same wage as other people because it implies socially that they have, right, that, they, right, that, they're, that, they're, that they're ordinary employees. So I think it's a subtle difference as to whether it's the inherently working for others is a degradation or it's the, right, and so you need to get paid for that or it's not that you get paid for that. The fact that you get paid for, paid more, means you're not the kind of person who works for others. Right? So I think those, I think those are two, those are two very different things. Uh, I think Rashi learns it the, right, learns it against the way I was learning it. But we'll, we'll, we'll pick up next week, starting from there. Um, unless you tell me during the week that this was a complete disaster, um, and uh, hopefully we'll get through the Gemara in a number of uh, number number of weeks. Go ahead. They're waiting for us next door. So ah, okay. Over, uh, All right, I, I blanked on my. Okay, yes, How many do you have already?